Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Today's show is sponsored by Wink. Wink offers wine that is personalized to your palate and delivered right to your door. Wink is offering our listeners $20 off right now when you go to trywink.com slash badchristian. They'll even cover the shipping. That's $20 off plus complimentary shipping when you go, when you go to T-R-Y-W-I-N-C dot com slash badchristian. Today's show is also sponsored by ZipRecruiter. Are you hiring? Do you know where to find the perfect candidate? ZipRecruiter finds candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Right now, listeners can post for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash first. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash first. And lastly, but certainly not least, today's show is also sponsored by Tracker. Make losing things a thing of the past. You just pair your tracker to your smartphone, attach it to anything, and find its precise location with the simple tap of a button. So go to thetracker.com right now and enter promo code BADCHRISTIAN for your free tracker Bravo with any order. That's thetracker.com promo code BADCHRISTIAN. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. Hello, turd burglars. This is Matt McDonald from Don't Feed the Trolls and the Classic Crime. I also spearhead VC Music, an independent music co-op attached to this podcast. And right now I'm on the road with Emery recording this on the bus because I have a few music updates to share with you. One is we just launched an Indiegogo campaign for Emery's seventh full-length LP, and it was fully funded in the first... 30 or so hours. Packages are still going fast. Some are sold out already. We're thinking about adding some more. So go to emerylp7.com. It's emerylp and the number 7.com and pick one up. There are a few early bird specials still available. Every dollar above manufacturing and fulfillment goes to producing the next Emery record. That's Matt and Toby from this podcast. They have a band. It's great. That sounds like something you'd be happy to be a part of. Get on it at emerylp7.com. There are 30 days left in the campaign, um, and those exclusive packages will be gone. So get on it quick. The second thing is, the Classic Crime released a new song called Holy Water this week, and some people farewelled me for it, which has been a dream of mine ever since people started farewelling apostates out of their respective faith traditions. So bully for me. You can watch the video for Holy Water and judge for yourself at theclassiccrime.com. Pre-order our new record, How to Be Human, there, which comes out April 28th. Thanks to everyone who is already involved in these two projects. Your support is greatly appreciated. Now back to your regular scheduled programming. Three, 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 two, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa! It's the bad, bad, bad Christian podcast. Oh, man. Doing music, and we're back in music season. It's an exciting oh, man. time. 
I've been collecting and working on pedals. I'm putting together a whole new pedal board and amp and guitar. I am in the music mode, and I'm enjoying it so much. You can see I've got guitars and stuff behind me. My studio is starting to come together because we are gearing up to make that LP7. Yeah, you aren't kidding. It's really cool, too. Like you, oh, you, sometimes, like when you're recording, you have all this gear and all this mm-hmm. stuff, and sometimes your fingers hurt. But what if you had to sing six or seven songs in a damn row and your <laughs> vocal cords were spewing blood and you were vomiting trying to get it all done? Oh, wow. wow. I'm exaggerating. Wow. I'm totally exaggerating. It's a little but, exaggeration. I mental, hope, but. Mentally, it feels that way. <laughs> I mean, so you, got, you have lead singer right there under Stuntman. Basically, it's like Evil Knievel, and then what you do as far as workplace danger. I would say Oil I'm a little right after that. Yeah. Crab, Alaskan Crab Boat is fourth, but second most dangerous job you've got as lead singer. Yeah, okay. uh, maybe even first. I, I mean, <laughs> what I go through in my house. So I'm recording vocals right now. So uh, as you guys all know, we have our Kickstarter. Uh, well, sorry. What is it, actually? We it, use Indiegogo, it, my friend. Yeah, okay. Kickstarter's like Sorry. the Kleenex, Coca-Cola, euphemism brand, you know, brand. I understand yeah, yeah, that. But yeah, technically, exactly. we use Indiegogo. Yeah. We, and we love Indiegogo. They, they treat us really well. So I, I want to promote them, too. Indiegogo is really good. But so we're using our Indie, Indiegogo right now, and we're doing this. But I've been working on not only uh, Emory Records, plural, but a Matt and Toby record. And, and here's what's cool about it. Like, since we decided not to be on a label and we sold, totally put our music out, we have all the control. Like, we get to decide what our music 100% is going to look like, what it's going to say, what it's going to sound like, uh, all the artwork, everything. But it comes sometimes, it also, you know, there's a lot of responsibility on there. So now, you know, when I'm recording vocals, I'm thinking, oh, man, this is on me. And what if I screw up? It's not just, you know, we don't have any guaranteed money. We don't, you know, I, I could totally screw all the other guys in the band if I don't sing this well, uh, what it might happen. So I have all this pressure and then I start getting in my head, think second guessing myself. Mm-hmm. So I'll sing something. Uh, for example, like with the Emory, I guess it's loosely calling it the remix record, but we're redoing some songs. And, no, and I think we have honestly, a name for it. Let me see if I can tell you what it is. I okay. think what we've listed it as, as far as this goes, is it's Emory Classics Reimagined. So there's lots oh, of ways you it. could say. Oh. I, I, wanted to call it elder, I wanted to call it Elderly Emory, though, is what I was leaning toward <laughs> before that. It's just like we're grown-ups now, so here's how I would arrange the song today, but you know. I mean, isn't it hilarious that people are going to get to hear an album from a 41-year-old man? <laughs> I mean, who ever thought when you wore your tight jeans, your girl jeans with your white belt and your swoopy mm-hmm. hair, that years later, that man that you were listening to that spoke into your life and your relationship and got you through that tough time in your life, that when he was a 40 year old man, he would still be his best work to came you. at 41 when he really I tapped know, into it. <laughs> no one would have taken that bet that you would still be listening to that dude, but it's here and it's real. And it's, yeah, happening. you kind of, you kind of went from being big brother role to your fans to now father, father, yeah, grandpa, grandpa, grandpa. Figure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so I've been singing it. And so I, uh, so I've been recording all my vocals at my house and, uh, I run into so much uh, technical trouble and it's frustrating. And so Matt, it's really funny. So Matt's really good at recording. He was, you know, I mean, he's a, he's a real producer. He's worked on so many albums and uh, I mean, engineer and producer, Matt can do anything World with class. Pro Tools or yeah, lo- Logic. I, I really, I will give you credit. I think you are actually super good at it. But what's funny is I can do this stuff. I can, I can use Pro Tools. I can record myself. I can figure out the problems. I can get through all of it. 
But so Matt, when whenever I talk with Matt, it, it, Matt never gets technical, really. He always tries to go the route of encourager. <laughs> like, I'll call Matt, like, I had a trouble with uh, sample rates. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to bore people with technical, but basically, I imported some music and then it saved it differently so that when I recorded all my vocals, they were in the wrong key and I had the wrong sample rate. And so I call Matt and I'm just fuming. I'm upset. And Matt just goes, hey, buddy, listen, <laughs> you're good. <laughs> and, and, and what's funny is I know Matt so well, I know what he's doing, but I still fall for it. He goes, hey, man. You're good at this. You're actually, you know what? You're actually pretty good at this. I, I mean, you're doing it, and all you got to do is just take the time and just, you're going to get through it, and it's going to be, listen, you get to do it. You're getting to record these vocals at your house. You're getting to do exactly what you want to do. You can create anything you want. Think about all the good stuff. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, Matt didn't, all I wanted was Matt to tell me, hey, listen, change this on the sample rate from 441 to 48. And do, and, but he didn't do it. He went the encouraging route and it worked. That's what makes me mad is when Matt does shit and it actually works. So then I felt pretty encouraged because I was like, well, maybe there's 30% of Matt that thinks I am good at Pro Tools. And so maybe I can do this. Well, it's a really hard, I mean, it's really hard prog. Pro- program i mean it can be daunting but my point being that you didn't have to fly here to do right. to have me track you if Which you is can amazing. do that so that you may have wasted some time i know it's frustrating but you my point is you learned something that issue you will not have again you will know how to solve it i agree time. and i, I, and I, I, I could have if i screen shared and fixed it for you let's say you wouldn't have learned anything and the, the that's the trick and the secret on everything there is no magic there aren't people that are talented and born with it there's no there's nobody that's born knowing how to set sample rates nobody right so it's just a matter of you learn it and the only way to learn it is to not you know you gotta just sit in that point where you go the person that i would ask this how did they learn it and they probably didn't learn it by having somebody do it for them that's my point right so (laughs) they probably learned because they sat there and said okay this has to be learned and once it is learned you don't have to worry about that again and then you just learn a new thing and do you know how many times will, yeah. you have what somebody will call talent or you're skilled at something, but that that's just right. comes over time. Do, do you, you know, know how many do, do you know how many uh, sermons Joey preached that were just the shittiest, most awful thing that I sat through, and now he's actually pretty good. <laughs> you know, a, 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 slight, a slight detour. I mean, you were from, awful. You were a horrible preacher. I mean, it was no. the it was the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. Like I never I would, was. I would rather just look at a pile of shit than yeah. hear you preach a sermon. Now you're actually. I mean. <laughs> Okay. You really get Hey, I actually I actually did I actually did have an old lady come up to me one time. She said, You know, when I heard you were gonna be the pastor of the new church on James Island, she said, I was actually quite upset and disappointed. <laughs> and she was like, But you're actually a pretty good pastor. And she was totally so serious. Lame so no, I, 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 I will I will say this real quick that I feel like I'm you at a place said that's a pretty where, nice comment for a girl. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> old white women yeah. in the south are maybe some of the meanest most dangerous oh, yeah. people in the world they, that nobody they don't even know they totally don't underrated know on mean. their danger and meanness level yeah anyway go ahead what, but, what you were saying well i just feel like i have recently this is gonna sound silly and dramatic but i feel like i'm relearning my friendship with you guys and wow. it's it well it's the manipulation factor like i'm really trying to figure <laughs> out because there's here's the thing is Here's the thing is, Toby, you, you are very right when you said this. When you guys manipulate, it's not because you don't care. It's because you do care. But at the same time, I think sometimes you sacrifice honesty for the manipulation. So that can kind of put up a, a little... It's it's a pretty complicated thing, but 
the simple thing in all of this is I'm trying to relearn my relationship okay, but with you guys. So just give me some patience. That needs to be, it can be simplified. And a simple way to, to say that is 100% all human beings are learning from the time they're zero, three months old, six months old, till they die to better protect and get what they want out of life. And most of that process is in fact called matter of fact, manipulation and it's not ne- inherently negative and, and it, co- it carries a negative yeah. connotation because of totally. what the way people use the word manipulation but that may not be the best word for it but at no, all times Joey, we don't manipulate you we dupe you yeah we do yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> dupe's a way better word everybody's manipulating all the time and some people are aware of it and some people aren't even aware that they are doing it so I may be a little bit more aware I of it. Agree. I may be a little more calculated. I may be better at getting people to do what I want them to do. I'm, in fact, I'm sure I am, but I'm, I'm persuasive and but there, I'm able to. I'm def- aware of what I'm trying to do and how to do it. And the fact that right. you're not aware of it in no way gets you off the hook for not being a manipulator. That's not that's nonsense. No, you're doing I, exactly no, I, what you calculate to be the best thing you could possibly do to get what you want at all moments, all the time. That's Amen. your mode of operation. Amen. You're just unaware of what exactly is going on. Yes, but there's a big difference there. You, you're like a premeditated uh, murder where I just get pissed off real quick and I do it. I kill somebody. So same sort of thing. But for example, so you have strategy bef- behind your manipulation. Everybody manipulates naturally, but you guys are very pre-planning. You know what you're going to do. And a lot of times I don't even say anything because I know I, I just know what y'all are doing and I kind of have a little smile on my face. I'm like, well, that's sweet. That's nice. But still, there's like that part of me that's like, oh, I wonder what I'd do with that. So I, here's what I like out. to say. I, I don't, out. The word manipulate does have too many negative connotations with it. What I like to say is I like to shape and steer people <laughs> in the right direction. Yeah. I want to conduct Basically people disciple. in a way. I want to direct. You just want to disciple. You just yeah. want to disciple. Yeah, I want to engineer a better life Engineering for you is exactly no, what it is. Yeah, it's there's no chance that you could right. do it on your own. Like, Joey, left to your own devices, you would be uh, in a toilet <laughs> with no marriage, no kid, everything. Like, the only reason you're still married and have and working at a church is because of me and Matt. Well, look, think about it this way. <laughs> Nothing else in life do people say you, don't, you shouldn't have a plan, you shouldn't have a strategy, you don't need to know. Right. That's like if you're doing engineering, you're going to build a bridge or you want to build a home. You need a blueprint. You need a plan. You need a strategy. Otherwise, you're just doing stuff. So exactly right. It gets tricky when it's close friends, though. That's the thing. It gets a little tricky. No, I disagree. I disagree because how many times you said, hey, man, I had a friend that pulled some strings for me. I'm just pulling some strings for you that you don't see. <laughs> you love it when somebody, well, hey, I had this guy at the car dealership. He pulled some strings for me. I got $1,000 off. You love that. What if Toby and Matt get, make you $1,000? Look, you you clean. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But think of all the manipulations, if you want to use that word, which is, it's, it's like a, it's, a, it's not a fair word. word to apply to somebody because you're already poisoning the well of yeah, what know. their character is. But you, in that love same that, regard, you manipulate your wife into sex all the time by doing the dishes and being nice and taking her on yep. dates. Hold Give me a break. It. That's manipulate. Yeah. If that's that's just what you're doing, what you want to set up what you want, the way you think will work best for you. That's all you're doing all the time. Yeah, but yeah. she knows that. And she still buys it. That's what I'm saying. It works and she knows it. So that's all I'm saying is I'm, I'm figuring out mentally what to do with knowing what you guys are doing. There's no animosity here. I'm not upset with you guys. That's what I'm saying. You're just sitting, you're making me a little irritated because you do it. You do it all day, every day. (laughs) 
Yeah, you, you but you're putting me in a different category more. of it. No, I know that, but I'm not as strategic. I know what you're doing right now. That's what now. I'm saying. I know what you're doing. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. That's what, you're, you're, you're doing something right now, agree whether with you, you, and you I can't do. articulate it or you didn't think about it more than a half second before it happened, you're still doing something right now and trying well, to hey, get for those, what for you those, want. For those of you you're, that don't you're know, we're faster at manipulating than us. You don't even see it. We take a long time to manipulate. You do it immediately. Hey, well, for what those of you that aren't a aware, chart written out before a phone call with Joey, right. I'm just checking stuff off the box and reading the script. <laughs> Today, yeah, Matt and I we worked together for weeks before we talked to you, and we write out this chart about Joey's manipulation. Right. And so then we worked together for months at a time to, to, to work things out for you, convince him to take less money, convince him I'm smart convince him to make sure right. to scratch my back next time i see him you know well i tell you what uh, a lot of you don't know this but we're going to soon be manipulating a female guest on this Come show on, don't that's a, <laughs> it's unreal <laughs> you can't you just can't say that can't uh, hey no but unbelievable hey, hey i will say this matt definitely is manipulating our listenership because matt cannot stop thinking about our white male Christian rock sort of guest that we have on here. And he was just like, yeah, I was thinking about having Michael Gunger come on here, but Joey, you're right. Lisa Gunger, easy choice. Yeah. She's yeah. the Screw female. Michael Gunger. Who cares about him? <laughs> Lisa's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we'll right. do that in a second. I did want to mention still to everybody, as far as this crowdfund and everything goes, thank you, everybody. Uh, you know, you can find it at LP seven. I'm sorry. You can find that thing. If you, just go to Indiegogo, like Toby said, or go to Emory LP7. And this is our seventh record. Never thought we would get that far, have that many records. Devin's back. I know. We've got a bunch of them, most of the music I'm 41. Yeah, we're organizing through the files and demos now. And we do have three a three-song EP of old songs reimagined that you can get immediately. You can get it today with any package. Yes. And there's no other way that you can get these these this EP. That we've made hey, and just I'm gonna, for this campaign. So that's MRLP7.com. I'm going to go on the record to say for those of you that have slept on Matt and Toby, if you lump that CD with all the Emory albums, it's number two on my list okay. for sure. Good God. It's some awesome well, music. Well, we'll get to that it's, later, but there's no uh, Matt and Toby album you can buy at this time, but there's an Emory right. crowdfund that you can participate in. And I would just say it's very, very simple thing. You don't pay for a lot of records, but if you've been listening to this podcast a long time, especially maybe you're not a BC Club member even, and you don't even feel like donating to the podcast, just buy buy us an album, buy an album and a T-shirt, help us fund yeah. our own destiny Good and do Lord. what we want to do. Yeah. You um, selfish, manipulate them, selfish yeah. sons of bitches. And, you and know, you're just selfish. You're selfish yeah. You listen you to don't. our podcast. Right. You That's listen really to our selfish. podcast for free, and you can't even buy merchandise. That's right. It's I know. Weird. It just, just I, I mean, couldn't you buy merchandise? Couldn't you buy our album? Couldn't you buy Joey? Joey wrote a whole book called Fundamentalist. You can't yeah. even buy that. Yeah. You're listening right now, you bastard. You sick bastard. You're sitting in your mom's basement, <laughs> probably touching yourself, That's listening right. to this. You and are you touching yourself. You and I know how Christian you're doing book. it. We know how you're doing it, too. We know yeah. exactly how you're touching yourself. Yeah, and we're talking about it. Your mom pays for Male your internet. Male or female are doing that in the mom's basement right now. That makes me sick. Buy our merchandise and books. We don't if care you don't. what color you are. You all are doing it. Wherever, Whatever country you're from, all of you are doing the same thing. In right your now. mom's basement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's bring on Lisa Gunk. <laughs> all right, we'll be right back with Lisa. All right. So finding great wine is tough. I, I have a really hard time with this because I really like wine, but I am 
lost, 100% lost when I'm at the grocery store and I look at that aisle and I feel just so lost if I should get the top shelf, the middle shelf, the bottom shelf, the one on sale, and I can't tell you the difference in all the grapes and where the regions it comes from. It's daunting and it's scary to me. But I do like wine when somebody gives it to me or I have a bottle I like or when it's suggested to me and somebody says, taste this, I go, oh, this is great. Now, Better than your friend recommending it is Wink. Uh, it used to be called Club W. They'd sponsored us in the past, but now it's called Wink. It's spelled W-I-N-C. It's a new name. It's an improved look. But here's the important part. It's still the same amazing wine company that introduces you to wines that you will love. So it works directly with winemakers and growers from all over the world to create delicious wines and deliver them right to your door. So the thing about this is they personalize the wine recommendation to you and your palate. That's the important part. And again, it comes right to your door. So it's not just random bottles that you get sent. Wink is personalized. Uh, it's a personalized wine membership that recommends wine specifically for you, for you based on the results of a palate profile quiz. So I rate all the wine that I received from Wink. So they learn about me with every order and what I like and what I dislike. And so the suggestions and recommendations that come to me just keep getting better and better. So sign up for Wink right now and gain immediate insider access to the best fine wine from all over the world. Find out why yours truly and thousands of others are satisfied wine lovers and raving about Wink. The best part, Wink's offering our listeners $20 off right now when you go to trywink forward slash bad Christian. They'll even cover the shipping. Think about that. You'll get fine wine personalized to your palate delivered right to your door. Try Wink and get $20 off plus complimentary shipping right now when you go to trywink.com forward slash bad Christian. That's trywink.com slash bad Christian. Are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? Posting your job in one place isn't enough to find quality candidates, and I'll say that for sure. If you're posting in one place, you're not going to get enough candidates to let yourself really see who's the best. If you want to find the perfect hire, you need to post your job on all the top job sites, and now you can. With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 200-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. It's just that easy, a single click. Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll into ZipRecruiter easy-to-use interface. No juggling emails or calls to your office. Quickly screen candidates, rate them, and the, get the right person fast. Now, here's what I want you guys to know. Our listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter right now for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash first. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash first. You got to find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by Fortune 100 companies and thousands of small and medium-sized businesses. So go to ZipRecruiter.com slash first and do it today. You know, one thing we can't afford to lose, my friends, and that is time. Time's a very valuable thing, but here's how we lose it. We lose time by losing stuff and having to look for it, wasting time. So there's this one time I needed to leave the house, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, gosh, I got to find this paperwork. I can't leave without the paperwork. And I said, dear Jesus, please help me find this paperwork. And Jesus spoke. He said, I gave you tracker, dumbass. He said, what did you want me to do, send you an angel with your paperwork? And I was like, oh my gosh, that is so true. Tracker is the answer to all of your lost items. It doesn't matter if it's a wallet, keys, purse, computers, even pets, my friends. Here's how easy it is. 
Tracker makes losing things so simple by just pairing your tracker to your smartphone, you attach it to anything, and then you find its precise location with the tap of a button. It really is that easy. Lose your phone, press the button on the tracker, and your phone rings even when it's on silent. So it's got that little reverse compatibility there. Uh, Tracker is finding over a million misplaced items each day. So you need to order yours and never lose anything again. You don't have the time. uh, You you can't afford the time wasted on looking for things. And a lot of you are looking for things all the time. So listeners to this show get a free Tracker Bravo with any order. You go to thetracker.com and enter promo code BADCHRISTIAN. It's the hardest thing you'll ever have to find is their website. Once you're on the website and you order Tracker, everything's going to be a lot easier to find. So go to Tracker, the Tracker, that's the Tracker.com right now and enter promo code BADCHRISTIAN for your free Tracker Bravo with any order. Again, that's the Tracker.com, promo code BADCHRISTIAN. I had talked with you guys a few years ago because I remember, I think, right? Like I was, I think we were in Albuquerque, New Mexico. We were on a tour. And for some reason, Michael couldn't make it on on the interview. Did that happen? Did I make that huh. up? It, that would have had to, so like in person? No, no, no. It was gotcha. it was just on the phone, not video or I, anything. I think you're making that up, but I, you could be okay. right. I remember. You know I, mean? I lie sometimes. Yeah, we interviewed Michael. And I think it was, it was crazy because it was like right after a friend of y'all's passed away. And then I think one of your kids was super sick or it, mm. it, it was a, things oh, it's were, like the best time of our life. Yeah. And, and <laughs> Christians what, were being super nice to you guys. Oh, it's good. It was a good time. <laughs> yeah. That was like the worst time. Literally. Was that, was that like the worst time of your life? Like y'all, I think y'all were moving and all the stuff that happened yes. with what Michael said and that like everything was going wrong then, wasn't it? Yeah, everything was going wrong. Like everything that could go wrong was going wrong at that time in our life. We even had someone like steal money from us. And then (laughs) like I had a little thing that I had to go to the hospital for. um, Wow. And I was like, it was just like little, little extra cherries on top of everything. So Michael's attitude must have been like, well, I I need a really good laugh. I'm going to talk to these dummies and (laughs) cheer me up. So, well, did that actually, did did that actually in some ways like change your mentality on all the stuff that went down with what, and just so our listeners know, like he said something very slight, like uh, maybe the, what was it? The ark or the story of Noah might not be taken literally or something like that. Right. Just, just something. Yeah, it's something that I feel like, right, even if that were to happen right now, I, I, it would not be a big deal. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but it was. With, with everything else that was going on, did it make it seem that more insignificant? Like you were like, oh, this real stuff's happening to us. And this is just some thing that people are talking about. Did, did that change your mind at all? Because people's reactions were pretty negative or maybe even cruel. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I think at first it was. I didn't think it was a big deal. I mean, my my brother is the one. He had texted me a photo of like the cover of this magazine or the article, the um, on the the website article, and and Michael and I kind of laughed at it. I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. <laughs> but then we started getting more people's comments and emails and tweets, and and then it then it definitely wasn't a side note because we just saw our career going down the drain when we had a a child receiving heart surgery. So it was. Um, that's right. That's right. It was, it was really tough. It was, it was awful. 
you know, that was what, like two or three years ago? Yeah. So our daughter is about to turn three and it was, it was almost, yeah, exactly three years ago. Okay. So all that happened, all this real stuff in your life, health problems, moving, all this stuff. And then that, that happened where Michael just said one thing and then basically a fan base kind of turned on you for saying something that... But still, not denying the power of Christ, not doing, you know, nothing like that. Did that change your whole perception on, did, did that make Christian music or the, the genre or Christianity change for you guys? Did it change for you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm actually writing about it right now. Yes. It's going to be <laughs> and, like hardcore um, screaming, right? <laughs> Lisa goes punk. <laughs> <laughs> it's just angry. Punk rock. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of got really the look. You, you do have to look a little bit. <laughs> so I've got the look happening right now. Yeah, it's like white hair, crazy bangs. Um, no, I'm writing a book about it, about like this last That's gonna be awesome. five years of our life. But I guess I could, I could write long uh, exclamation points in the book t- to make yeah. it sound like I'm screaming. You know, a yeah, song. Yeah. <laughs> um, take us back to where your mind was at there and like what started to change and how, how was it all affecting you? Yeah. Well, I think it's it's so hard because right in the place that we felt we belonged. I mean, that's a, yeah. that was our tribe. That's our people. I mean, I yeah. I grew up in the church and from a young age really uh, like decided this is what I want to do with my life. I love I love singing and I love helping people. I never, I never really thought that we could do music, but I knew I wanted to do something in the church. And, um, I mean, I was always the kid like scrubbing toilets and working in the nursery and folding up chairs. I mean, that was, that was, that was so much of my life. So to give so much to something and then, and then really feel totally misunderstood without, um, being able to give an explanation or even, I mean, the internet has just changed everything and yeah, it's, yeah. it's easy to jump on the bandwagon of something that we know nothing about. And I mean, the way that we, the way that we think about things, I mean, we look at what's happening in our world today with fake news and with, I mean, it's, it's just so easy for something to snowball Yeah, with, um, no, with nothing, with no great conversation happening around it. Yeah. Uh, so so it's interesting because we even had, you know, some friends texting us and saying, hey, like, we love you guys. We don't know why people are freaking out. Um, but then a lot of those people can't say anything publicly because they are seeing, oh, yeah. this is going to ruin their career. And we had promoters calling us saying, hey, guys, like, so there was a Christian radio station person uh, going around and calling all the promoters saying, hey, if you guys have Gunger and we're not going to support you anymore. And if you know anything about that world, it's the Christian radio supports the shows. That's how people get to the shows. So in essence, yeah, every show started being canceled. And so I think it was harsh on one level of, okay, you don't agree with me um, on this idea. That's not a new idea. A lot of people of faith believe that the story of Noah is metaphorical or that, it, you know, there's a bunch of different ideas about, um, uh, the how literal the Bible is, right? And I don't think we really knew that those the people that subscribe to that kind of ideology were listening to our music. Um, so 
I, I think when when you grow up with a frame of reference, I mean, I, I understand that. Like when you grow up with a, a frame of reference and then someone like pokes a hole in that, if you're never able to question, if you've never grown up with that freedom, it does make you freak out. And right, we're all taught like, well, the oh, these people, these people are wolf in sheep's clothing because we, we've not, we're, we're not used to that language. So you've got all these people in a in a tribe, and this this other language creeps in. They're going, well, this is not my, this is not the language I'm used to. So now you're out. Yeah. And um, so on one hand, we're being cast out on a personal level, and then on this career. That was a that was a whole different thing for me. I felt, um, whoa, like how mean and evil that someone would take the time to go around calling all these people and and right. just <laughs> shutting our life down. I mean, it uh. shut it down. So I think, I mean, we even had other friends seriously say like, oh, I didn't realize that was such a hard time for you guys. <laughs> I'm going, <laughs> oh, like. <laughs> I I was having panic attacks because as a oh, my baby my was going to die and then our right. career is going down. And then, I mean, just, yeah, thing after thing. Did y'all have actually friends in your lives that like you were in somewhat of regular contact with that turned their backs on you as well? Like, hey, we just can't hang out with you guys. No, no, none of our good, good friends like that we would hang out. We were living in Denver, Colorado, and we had um, we had started a church there and they were all so supportive and Denver people don't really care about all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that was nice. They, they, they stuck with us and they we were very connected in community. So they, um, they knew who we were. And so, yeah. right. Yeah. It's easy to jump to conclusions about how evil someone might be when you see something online. Um, but we, we, I mean, we did have, and I get it because we were actually, you know, struggling with faith a lot more before that. That was before our daughter's uh, birth. Right. We were having some tumultuous things happen with right. um, a person in the church. Yeah. So. So yeah. how would you so, answer like, oh, go ahead, Toby. I'm sorry. Well, I was going to say, uh, so I, I, we lost money before, like our, our drummer, Dave, uh, in an interview, because we played Christian festivals. A lot of times we didn't really play churches or anything. But we played Christian festivals. I think I, we talked to Michael about this too. But uh, mm-hmm. for, before we, we we got kicked out of one festival, lost thousands of dollars because we said, uh, Dave, our drummer, they said, what's the last thing you listen to in your car stereo? And he said, uh, uh, me so horny. <laughs> you know that rap song? <laughs> but he, he just, you know, by two live crew, he just said, yeah. he just said that. And so somebody found it and they said, you are not coming to our festival. Like, like you said, the thing that's so funny about that is he told the truth. Right. He wasn't a wolf in sheep's clothing. Like you said, he just told, he the, told truth. the truth. No, that. Okay. Let's talk about telling the truth. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, we have had people ask us to sign statements of faith that we don't believe. And they have told us, just sign it. Just go and sign it. Ah, no, I know exactly what you're That's talking crazy. about. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, what? Uh, do you guys That's cuss? crazy. You guys cuss on this program. Sure. Yeah, we, yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, what the shit? Uh, what are they talking about? <laughs> what the gosh darn? Gosh darn it. <laughs> How did you guys keep it together? Because when when I found that out, my first reaction to Dave, our drummer, was like, couldn't you have just said anything else? Couldn't you have said Chris Tomlin? or anything? Like, how did you and Michael get, like, like you said, you were going through panic attacks, like your career, your child, all this stuff's going on. How did you two, like, stay together and, like, support each know. other? Because. <laughs> 
<laughs> Once we, again with the truth. Lisa, Lisa Gunger is a truth teller. She is a truth teller. I don't lie, know. I don't know. I mean, it had a lot to do with wine um, and just parties. I don't know. No, we, wait, so what? So we, when you we, say we, wine, wait, for our evangelicals, you mean like a lot of communion? Fellowship. I took a lot of, of we so broke a lot of bread. Okay, and gotcha. Together gotcha. and <laughs> had a lot of communion together, <laughs> like bottles of communion together. <laughs> so a lot of Christian listeners, you guys, you guys have them on the liturgist. I know you're involved in the liturgist as well. Do do you connect? Uh, so, well, let me say it this way. So a lot of the listeners, they would see you guys as like progressive a lot of people would say whoa they're out there do you connect some of your past experiences with the church and say well we part of the reason why we're so out there is because of the shit that we had to deal with on account of you guys yeah is there any relation oh, absolutely. there absolutely absolutely and and i think it you know it all started early on when we started traveling yeah i think and i, I honestly i'm very grateful uh i i totally understand and do not look down on anyone like you don't have the ability to travel that's that's a very privileged thing to do um but our yeah. our band started getting invited out places i grew up in this tiny town so that was also my that was my frame of reference this girl from a tiny town that i believed everything that i grew up in but then i started traveling more and listening to other people's stories um hearing way more about other people's religions and um, I, I, I will. Sorry, guys, this thing keeps going down <laughs> <laughs> slowly. That's OK. Th there was there were just things that would happen here and there. Like we'd play a show and one of our bandmates would smoke a cigarette like he had to go in the back. Right. And smoke a cigarette because we couldn't let the people in the in where we were playing know that he was smoking. So like this woman catches him in, in the back and has this conversation with him about how awful that is. And and so we just started noticing these things that we were doing uh, to try to look one way, right? Yeah. Or, okay, yeah, yeah you, don't, you don't drink, you don't smoke, you don't do all these things. And I remember Michael and I sitting down and saying, hey, this is going to destroy our lives if we start living one way publicly and one way in private. And, like, we just can't do that and we can't uphold this facade that Christians don't do these things and you're really healthy and good and fine. Um, so we made a point early on to be honest about who we were um, f for the sake of our own hearts and also for the sake of other people. Because the more you cover it up, the more the guy, the guy in the pew goes, sneaks off to the bar and takes the whiskey shots and feels ashamed, you know, just so ashamed right, of himself. Yeah. And he may have looked at a woman too long and now he's just so full. It's just it's yeah. it's so much shame involved in it. Um, and that's interesting too, because shame and guilt are like the things that Jesus is the most against, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but, you but know, the number one thing the church often uses. Yeah. You know, I was just speaking as I was thinking about this woman or this thought came to my mind about this woman I recently spoke to and, um, I did a retreat in Ojai and, um, in order to go do this retreat, like they talked to you beforehand. So I'm talking with this woman and cause they just want to make sure you're of like sound mind, you know, that you're not um, on any crazy drugs or whatever, that you're a safe person. So I'm speaking with this woman and we start talking about the cross. So I tell her a little bit about where I've come from and how I really rejected a lot of it for a while. And now I'm coming back 
to the very beautiful practices of some, some beautiful practices of uh, yeah. Christianity. And she goes, you know, what's interesting, and I remember studying this in art history class, is the cross never used to be the symbol of our faith, of the Christian faith. It used to be, and when you would see pieces of art, um, it was a heart, like someone would be holding a heart outside of their body, and they had were doing like a symbol with their hand, or it yeah. was light in the center of their chest. Yeah. But then yeah. a while after, we take it to the cross. And so the cross takes it from love is in the center of who you are. You're made of God. Um, you're fully accepted, no shame, just light. Your heart is not a rotten thing. Right. And then we take it to the cross, which for some people is really beautiful. They can look at the cross and they think, oh my gosh, profound love, like that somebody died for me. That's beautiful. But it is so full of shame and guilt. Like this is your shame, your guilt is on this right. cross and it takes it to a, in a direction it was never really intended to go. Yeah. So you said that uh, the, the phrase you used is that you wanted to be, you know, truly who you are like with your, with your background, where you came from, the industry that you were in and all of that, who, who, who is Lisa Gunger now? Can, can you say that one more time? Someone's doing a jackhammer outside of our door. <laughs> like an actual jackhammer. It's the enemy. It has to be the enemy ruining this. <laughs> all right. Hold on no. one second. Or it's Ken Ham, maybe. I don't know. All right. There we go. Shut the door. Cool. Yeah. So, so you use the phrase, a second ago that you and Michael were, were super adamant on being who you are and, and living out who you truly are. Well, who, who are you? I mean, you guys have come from hardcore evangelical. I mean, in the, uh, I, and I want to ask you about this later in one of the, one of the most recent liturgist episodes. I mean, you talked about how your parents would make you go into a room and speak in tongues <laughs> for like two hours. I mean, that seems yeah. like borderline abuse. And then you guys were, you know, running the show in the Christian music industry. You know, people were putting you guys on the pedestal of these awesome, artistic, making beautiful music. And it's all about Jesus and everything. And who are you guys now? Like, where do y'all stand in, in your faith? And are you sick of that question? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a big question. <laughs> well, that's funny. I saw that the, the whole thing about my mom making me speak in tongues. Um that was kind of hilarious, it's, but then sad too, because I came oh from no, that background I think it's, as well. It's, yeah. it's really, I think it's funny. And at the time, I mean, I mean, at the time and honestly, even now, I think I loved being a part of like my weird church. Yeah. Like for a long time, I went to this, to a Baptist church where, you know, everything was really quiet and you sing quiet songs and I would sit in the pew and I would count the light bulbs on the ceiling. <laughs> and so like, then we go to this church that's kind of wild and people are running around. And I was like, Whoa, this is so awesome. And the, the, I think what I've learned is that in every single circle, there's going to be elements of truth that they have yeah. found and they want to share. And then there's rules and regulations put around that. That's everywhere. Yeah. Um, I think for a while I did think, Oh, it's this one circle that I grew up in and it was so wonderful. But then there was this really awful thing that happened, but that's like humans. We're trying to get it right. We're you, trying to move forward. 
I love it seems like you keep censoring yourself and I'm proud of you, but you can just let it fly too. You're about to say fucked up. I know you were, and that's okay. Don't put don't put cuss words in her mouth, Joey. Come on. She didn't say it and you're trying to make her look bad. It's funny you say that though, because oh, I, so I grew funny. up I grew up the same way. I uh, I faked uh speaking in tongues for like three or four times in the beginning because everybody was doing it. Nice. So I just yeah. I, I I didn't know I didn't know what to do. And and at our church it was uh you didn't have the Holy Spirit unless you spoke in tongues evidence of speaking yeah. in tongues oh it's the Proven. same so same. I, I, I can still remember that i, I said yeah, yeah i said something like uh <laughs> that, that was the only thing i'm a songwriter I mean, and i'm creative and, all, and that was the best i, mean, I could was, do i'm so embarrassed it's like a few Dude, syllables. You, you could have gone like a little deeper to try to be convincing I you know, know. like a oh, hey, i could have thrown in some consonants <laughs> All you I have to do is say, I feel stupid. All you, have, all you have to do is say, see my tie, come and tie my tie. That's it. That's, oh, yeah, that's right. See my tie. <laughs> that's right. My mom would just go through the, through the. oh, my gosh, if she hears this, she's going to be so upset. She would go through. The, I don't the, think um, your mom listens to the Bad Christian podcast. <laughs> she might. Cool. You might be okay. <laughs> I just found out my mom listens to the liturgist. Oh, and, yes. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, um. Yeah, well, she goes through work? the through the vowels. She goes through the vowels. She goes, oh no 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 ah uh, wait ah 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 oh 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 ooh 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 ooh. <laughs> I think one time I was like, isn't that just the vowels? The vowels. <laughs> 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 so funny. But oh man, so there's yeah, there's so. It got much uncomfortable when right, she said, like, "Sometimes why?" <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I think like I fully see like this thing I come from is is pretty crazy. But then I think also there were times it was really mind opening, like while I didn't know when I didn't know what to pray or I didn't know what to do. Like it's like glossolalia song, right? You got these people doing songs, singing just weird phrases. So I think that's what sometimes like that can it opened my mind up even more to like, yeah, well, this is weird. Well, so what? All of reality is weird. Yeah. That's how I feel about it now. Like we I, do, we all do really weird things as human yeah. beings. Yeah, totally. How are how are yeah. you and your parents yeah. right now? Like good relationship? Are they heartbroken? Do they think you're going to hell and that sort of thing? Um, all of those things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it was really hard. I didn't talk to my parents about it for a long time. I was kind of hoping they yeah. wouldn't find out. Yeah. But it, but the the good old internet. And I suppose us doing podcasts about it didn't yeah. really help yeah. the fact that she <laughs> would find out. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I think it, it's hard. We do, we are close. Um, I love my parents a lot. And I think I've, I've actually been on a pretty massive journey myself of, whoa, if I can't even see my own parents and love my parents for the frame, they've come from a frame of reference just like I have. Right. So... Who am I to judge where they've come from? I don't know their stories of when they were kids and what they yeah. went through and why they're so tied to this, you know, these ideas that they're tied to. So I really love my parents and um, we have really difficult fights sometimes about yeah. all of this. Yeah. But at the end of all of it is always, all right, I don't, I don't agree, but I see you and I love you. Yeah, totally. With the sorts of people that you rub shoulders with and, and, you know, a lot of them being, I would imagine you guys still talk to evangelicals and some people are probably saying like, how in the world, you know, can you guys believe this way? And gosh, you, you've turned your back. I bet you some of them, however, 
resonate or I know that a lot of them resonate. They're just like, man, I'm having the same sorts of questions and I don't know what to do. So as the whole parenting thing, like that, that's the last liturgist episode that I listened to is what I'm talking about a lot because you said a lot of interesting stuff with the parenting thing. What would you say to, uh, and, and we'll, we'll just, we'll go mom on this one since you're a mother, what would you do? What would yeah. you say to a mom that says, you know what, I'm just rethinking so much and I have so many questions and I want to be free to ask those and rethink my faith, but I'm scared to death that if I'm wrong, and I influence my kids for the worse, I could send them to hell. Yeah. Um, so what would I say to a mom? I think I was there. I mean, we have this habit or tradition, I should say. It's more of a, the tradition, right, that most Christian parents have. You tuck your kid in at night and you pray with them before they go to bed. So that's not obviously just the extent of it. But while we stopped talking about um, a lot of ideas of God, it was really when it came down to bedtime and we would pray with our daughter, Amelie, I'd say, well, gosh, like, I don't know what to pray because, and for me, it really became about if I, I know that evil happens in the world and people pray for things all the time and they don't happen. So why would I pray? Like, what's, what's, what's the point And what do I tell my daughter? Um, but it was interesting. I think even, even in that, like an opening of the hands that happened when I would tuck my daughter in at night of, Hey baby, I don't know everything. I'm not certain of everything. And there's a lot of people who are going to tell you like what to be certain of. Um, the only thing I know is certain is love. Like I know whatever God is, God is love. And, and I, I do not think a loving God, even if we're going down the wrong path for a while like this at this we're so driven by fear right especially with our kids yeah like it's fine for like me and what I question but what am I handing to my child yeah, totally. but I I I do not think a loving God is ever like oh well r- right at that time you were you were looking into Hinduism and so now you're going to hell right. you you know it's 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 not like that I think we are the ones you know, the, the ideas of winners and losers, it's a very human idea. Right. It's, 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 I don't think that's a God idea and whatever hell is, I don't think it's a state of consciousness for people that are searching for truth. Yeah. I don't think it's a place for people who are looking, who are really following love. So for that parent, that mother or father, like I would hope they could let go of those clenched hands that are just so full of fear. Yeah. How, how long was, and you may not even see it as like a, a transition, but how long was it for you when you knew, when Lisa knew, I am rethinking this stuff. I do not believe the same way. How long did it take you to let go of the fact that, or, or let go of the fear that, oh, what if I'm wrong and I'm, you know, screwing my kids over? Like, was, was there a time period or when you let go of your beliefs, you're like, not afraid anymore. Um, I think for me, it was both just kind of strange. Um, I wish I was one of those people. I've heard those people say like, oh, I had this, I opened my hands and it was just wonderful. So I would, there would be times that I would open my hands and I'd feel so good. And then, and then like in that moment, I would feel freedom, but it was really like coming back to the everyday life that I would get afraid again. And the everyday it's, it's interesting. I'm reading this book on habits. And it is blowing my mind 
the things that we go back to strictly out of habit and not because we're wanting to, or like we make it this decision. Yeah. And so I'm realizing I, I ran downstairs just the other day and told Michael that they're doing this experiment and how I'm, it's awful. I mean, they're doing these experiments with rats, which feel really bad about the rats guys. I don't, <laughs> I don't think we should do experiments on animals. Side note. Uh, <laughs> for all do you not, people. Do not write Lisa so Gunger you know. about that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do the experiments. <laughs> but, uh, but I was reading about this and they were saying the, the habits that these rats have and they'll go back to them even if there's like these little plates, these panels, they have to walk yeah. across and they get shocked as they walk towards it, towards like food that is poisoned. So, I mean, they do, they go through all these, you know, these experiments with these rats and realizing how deep in our brain, um, where in our brain habits are formed. Yeah. And 40% of the things we do when we wake up are habit, not choice. And so I see a lot of Christians doing that actually. And, and a lot of parents because they, we've created a habit of it. And so right when we feel our hands opening, it's really the every day of walking it out, we get scared and um, we want that community or we have the habit of sh- shame and um, fear. That can be an addiction, something we're addicted to like thinking about. Yeah. And then we're projecting that on our children. Um, oh man, I totally lost my train of thought with that. Um, oh yeah. So in, in this book that then when they're talking about habit, like how to read, how to retrain your brain, I mean, yeah. thinking, thinking a different way is a, is a real thing. Um, and you're capable of it, but I've so often found myself wanting to go backwards because I was afraid. So, so it was both for me. It was both, I felt so much freedom. And then I think because of the world that our whole career and everything that was tied into this, I would get afraid or talk to someone in my family. And actually right now, someone in my family is having a really major faith crisis and yeah. I'm the only one that they can talk to because, um, everybody else is, you know, freaking yeah. out about it. Yep. And everybody else would see her as less than, unfortunately. I mean, yeah. gosh, the big thing too, and even going back to what you were saying is I think that uh, Christianity in general does sometimes jump on something and then that is, then just takes it as that's the right from God's mouth or something like you, when you're even talking about the cross and how that, that image of God and Christ and our heart is all changed now to the cross. Like at the very least though, I do think one thing we get mixed up with is like Christ's story is love and it's sacrifice. And I think that we don't choose to see that part as much. What we choose to see is right and wrong. This is what is right. And this is what's wrong. And I think that that even lends itself into everything that we do. Like even going back to you talking about hell and, and raising kids and what ideas that like the truth is what you're trying to do is wrestle with God and sacrifice a little bit of yourself to go, Hey, I want the truth. I want to do that. And so I think that, I think that does require more courage than to say drinking is wrong and Donald Trump is right. And you know, like that, that's kind of easier to do. It's way harder to actually wrestle with God and go, what is this hell thing? What, what, I mean, what does it mean for me to be a parent and teach them about Jesus? Like, that's one of the biggest things that scared me the most is like, I, I have three kids and our, our daughter Ruby's seven. And I always think to her first, I guess, cause she was just our first, I love them all, but I just think about her and I just go, do I want her to encounter Christ and God and everything through this church system that we have that's so rigid and, and would be mad at somebody for questioning or having thoughts and doubts, like you said, like, you know, a faith crisis, you said a family member was kind of having a faith crisis. Maybe that's a real moment of really finding God. You know what I mean? That, Absolutely. That, that, 
Like we look, it's it, it could be everybody thinks it's so negative. Uh oh, you got doubts that you know uh, you're doing bad. You're doing bad, and maybe that's the real moment where you go, "Do I believe this? Yeah, is this real, God? What What are you telling me, God? Like that? It seems like such a powerful moment. Yes, it's just to say it's so negative. It's called mm. born again, again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> see what you did. I see. Yeah, <laughs> my, Michael and I, we've often we've often said that we're like, you know, if people. I mean, people are afraid of what they don't know. Yeah. They're afraid of what they don't understand and what they yeah. haven't experienced. You're right. And so I used to look at atheists and think that they were just the worst. Yeah. <laughs> they were the people out to, to like, <laughs> that they hated God. And then, right. and then when that becomes you, I mean, different perspective, right? Your, yeah. your whole frame of reference has been shattered and, and then you can't unsee what you've seen and, um, I think it's definitely given right. us more compassion for people who've gone through it because we've had many people say, oh, well, what a cool, it was just, just like a cool, cynical phase. And Michael and I would look at each other and think there's nothing cool and fun about this. Right. Like it's an actual deep, deep, deep wrestle. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, I mean, it felt like so much was dying. We didn't know. We really honestly did not know what was to come. We didn't know. I mean, we never like, we say it now to each other after the fact, but in, in, in it, we're going, are we going to still be married after this? Yeah. Because I mean, I'm looking at him going, oh, well, like my faith tells me don't be equally yoked and, but wait, but I really love this guy right. <laughs> yeah. and who is he going to become if he doesn't, I mean, God's the center of everything. So I, I, I get it. I get it, but people shouldn't be afraid of people like that. Yeah, they yeah. should. They should know you are following God down to the bottom, and isn't isn't that a true sign of faith? Where you follow it so much, you you can let go of it. And I didn't used to understand that or think that was true. I thought that was just a nice, sounded nice, but but we have found it's very true for us. Are you saying that you two are at different places? Did I hear you correctly? Oh no, that was when Michael was an atheist. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, no, we're not now, but we were for a long time, and yeah, it was hard. It was really hard. <laughs> yeah, that that's that. I'm I'm with yeah. you. I would say that I I'm definitely probably a little bit more conservative, and I hate even using that words. I, I'd say I'm a little bit more uh, simplified, convinced in a lot of the Christian stuff. But one thing that has just I just want to beat myself up is I seriously thought atheists are bad because, yeah. because they just want to resist all this God stuff. So they don't have yeah. to submit to them. I really thought that yeah. and now <laughs> I've talked to so many atheists and they're just like, dude, I want to believe in something yeah. outside of yes. this world. Do you know how awesome that would be? I can't, <laughs> I yeah. just can't believe it. But mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's crazy. My oldest daughter is 10 and I remember early on, you know, she would start asking me questions about what happens when you die. And I, I mean, Toby, this will be crazy to you because you know where I stand now. I mean, I remember telling her and having to explain to my little girl a place called hell that's like eternal time out. And it's like a really painful eternal place. And all this, out. Yeah. Yeah. That makes yeah, it sound a lot yeah. better. But, but now, I mean, I mean, so just except with fire. Right. right. <laughs> so now here, here we are five years later and I'm like, we're, <laughs> I'm like, Rosa, I just, I just don't believe that. I said, now I, I have to say, I, I don't know. I mean, none of us know exactly what's going to happen when we die, but I don't believe there's a place where people are just punished forever. That just doesn't sound like God to me. So yeah. she has actually had to ride this out with me. And, and that does, 
I, I have not gotten rid of my fear. Like that, that, that little part right there, just thinking, gosh, my kids are looking at me for the answers. And so they're riding this thing out with yeah. me. I'm figuring yeah. things yeah. out. And so right. they're dependent on me. That's scary to me, but yeah. You know that I think that there's something really good. I think something good is happening in your kids when you, as a parent, this figure, this like authority figure in their yeah. life can say, I don't know, because I think that is a big problem with hyper evangelicalism yeah. Yeah. is the authority figure. This person has all the answers. And even, even that person is right. scared and knows that we are all right. looking for the answer. Right. And so what happens? Their life falls apart. Very right. often their life falls apart because they were not ever meant to have that pressure. So you as a parent, like, I think that's really, I remember the first time I told, I told my daughter, well, she goes, you wouldn't know everything. I was like, I don't know everything. She goes, yes, you do. You do know everything. <laughs> I go, baby, I, I don't. Not like there's nobody that knows everything. <laughs> and I think we're doing our children an injustice when we're, when we're giving, handing yeah. them all this certainty. I was looking up, I was, I had this in front of me. I was looking up like all these, this long, you know, like laundry list of all the things we used to be certain of. Uh, like there used to be, what was it? Mercury. And oh, I'm going to get it wrong. If I quote it, then I'll forever be on a podcast. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's just astounding, right? All the things we're like, no, we know this to be true. Right. Right. I mean, just a long line of things like, oh, the earth used to be right. flat. And um, and what happens, how, how, I mean, people used to be killed if they didn't believe that. Right. And so just imagine people trying to shift from that. Yeah. Hey, did you guys hear? Did you guys hear yeah. the earth is round? Right. No, 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 it's not. I'm still afraid. No, right. no, no, it's true. I saw a photo. Well, that's, that's fake. There's all these people that are starting to believe it. Well, no, no, no. You know, it's like there were people that wrestled with that. Right. So yep. I'm think, like, thinking like, all right, hundreds of years later, yeah, people are going to be looking back on all of us going, isn't that funny? People used to oh, really, wait. really wrestle with like this, this, this idea. And we just, we just yep. don't, we just don't know. I used to be so certain about so many things. And now I'm going, I don't know, baby, what do you right. think? Right. And the, and the friends that we have that were raised that way, that their parents were like, well, this is what I believe. I believe God is this. Um, but you're free to like explore. They're really healthy. They're, right. and, and that's obviously not going to be everyone. That's a, that's not a blanket statement I'm making, but I think when you are, very rigid and you just try to hand your children this set of rules and this idea about the world, it's eventually going to break apart and it's going to hurt them because they thought they were so right about it. Yeah. But the more open-minded you are, they say, oh, like we're finding, oh, this is, this is great. Yeah. I kind of thought my parents kind of thought this once, but they said they weren't exactly sure. So, so I'm not like, it's not breaking my life down because what I thought to be true isn't true. Well, well, let's, uh, I, I know you don't have all day. I could talk to you about this stuff forever. Super interesting. Te wet, wet everybody's appetite a little bit about yeah. the book and the music that you mentioned and just, you know, reflecting on all this. I'm looking forward to hearing more about it. So, yeah. Um, so I'm in the middle of writing a book and I'm not sure when it will be released or exactly what the title is. Right. Got a few ideas rattling around. Um, but I'm very excited about it because it's, it's about this past, it's about this whole journey. It's about yeah. a lot of what we're talking about. But, you know, for me, this journey of faith and really going through doubt, um, I personally began 
what I just called my, like the practice of sight. I felt like I was got to such a dark place. Um, I knew that like there is goodness in the world. There is light. I believe in God. Uh, and I had to like come out of, come out of the darkness. Right. And so I, and that was I that the first time I read that book on habit, it kind of gave me the keys to realize that I could reprogram my brain, live differently. Um, so this was, this was like right before Lucy was born. So I started like, yes, the world is magical. Oh, I see things differently. And whoa, look at the atoms and, and the stars and all this stuff. Like this is a magical, mysterious, amazing world. Um, because I just couldn't see that for a long, the longest time. So right in the middle of me, like, or about two months in of me, like getting on this journey, I had Lucy, uh, our youngest daughter. So I'm on this journey of like, I feel like I need to, I'm not seeing reality. Uh, and I need to change my perspective and life is more beautiful than I think it is. And then I'm, I have a child who has two heart surgeries. She's diagnosed with Down syndrome and who immediately is given a label. And so for me, it was really strange, weird, profound, amazing how those two things happened very close together. For me, the birth of our daughter was a real answer to this thing that I've been looking for. And um, like right as we are rejected from this tribe that we grew up in, here comes this baby girl who's really rejected from her tribe of like humanity is pushed aside children with special needs. And I'm, and I just had these moments of like seeing Lucy and the stories just kind of colliding of what are you going to see here? Like, do you see a, a child with an issue? Um, like most of the people do because children with down syndrome, um, 92% of children with down syndrome are aborted. Like 92%. Gosh. I did not know that. I mean, I'm trying to like, what is that's com- insane? How, like, what else is close to that? Like, that's that's cr- it's crazy. Right. The only reason my eyes have been open to this is because I have a child with Down syndrome. Like, it, it's it's. I think we said this on the Liturgist podcast. Like, it has to be personal. It has to happen to you for yeah. for your shift for in order for you to get a different perspective on. Um, people with special needs, you have to know someone personally. So um, this child is born to us and my world, it just like crumbles in a really good way. Yeah. Cause I, I'm like, well, I can, I can see her for who she is. She's not this label. She's not all these risks. She's not all these things. And there's actually all these other things. Let's talk about all the other things that Lucy can give to the world right. that I can't give or, or my friends can't give. And, um, so I'm talking a lot about all of that in the book. I mean, it's, it goes back to the, in faith, I'm categorizing and labeling and we want everyone to fit. And then I have a little girl who everyone wants to f- her to fit in this, in this circle and she doesn't. Yeah. And so what, what do we, what do we do with those things and, and how it changes our life? Yeah. So that is going to be awesome. Well, I'm a very slow writer, so it'll come out maybe in five years. <laughs> it's going to be now. awesome 10 years from now, everybody. 10 years. <laughs> in 130 years. <laughs> How is Lucy's heart, by the way? It's great. She's great. Yeah, she had both surgeries and they went amazing and she's she's awesome. Hell yeah. 
All right, yeah. Lisa, this has been really awesome. People are going to enjoy it for sure. We really Thank appreciate you so it. Much. Yeah. Thank you guys. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining us. Taking, taking time out of your day. Absolutely. Thank you guys. We'll see you. All right. Bye. All right. Lisa Gunger. Very good. Yeah, she was great. Always nice. Uh, just when a kind, wonderful person kind of offsets our terribleness. That's good. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it, was it does make us look bad. It doesn't make us look bad, but that's okay. That's yeah, okay. I know. It, it's funny that. Right. People can come on the podcast and make us just look terrible because they right. are just genuine and kind and nice. And but I'll, I'll say like many pastors say, we're so humbled. We're so right. humbled to, oh. buy, to, to have her here. We're massively just so humbled. It's just like having one humbled. person walk in the room with ultra white teeth and then the rest of us all of a sudden you notice her yell, so yellow. That's us. Right. Oh, Matt, that we is are such yellow, a great we're example. We're yellow teeth and she's a bright white smile. Matt, right. thanks for adding that to the uh, to the conversation. That was such a great analogy. Thank you. Yeah. 100%. All right. Uh, kick the music. In a world. In that world. It's a big It's a big world. There's land. There's oceans. There's all sorts of people from different cultures. And we just love the world. And God has it in his hands. You've heard the song. It's the true. World. It's damn true. The world is in his hands. And we love you guys. So... Here, Toby Morell to bring you the damn truth. You know what? I was uh, really mad that you interrupted me, but what you said, it touched me. It moved me. <laughs> like I feel, I feel like your words, like you, you know, you came around me, and you, you got inside me. <laughs> I feel like you got inside me just then with your words. Just, just where did I enter you? Uh, uh, everywhere. <laughs> there was, no, there, there was nothing off limits. There was nothing off limits. I don't I don't like putting limits on, you know, the power. <laughs> you can enter me anywhere as long as you know what I mean. <laughs> All right. This comes All from right. Yahoo.com, which is, you know, one one of my go-tos for just truth and Oh, we know that. We know that. Uh police use po- police use mannequin to catch suspect killing homeless men. Mm-hmm. I thought this was kind of interesting. It's um, kind of scary. Mannequins are a little scary. Yeah. So basically, uh, well, that was just a video. <laughs> Shit. Sorry, guys. Let me go grab my phone real quick. Hold on. Can I, can I just take two seconds? I, I know. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, I'm just, I'm just going to bring a story. So now you can give oral sex long distance by licking your phone. That's true, folks. You can do that now. So smartphones allow people to check sports scores, send email, watch cat videos almost anywhere. But now you can also perform, uh, you know what, just by licking your phone. That's the idea behind Ocast, a new digital marketplace that allows people to upload simulated oral sex sessions that can then be downloaded onto a vibrator by Bluetooth. Hmm. Ocast spokesman Darren Press says his product is sort of an iTunes for oral sex since the plan is to offer all sorts of different tongue patterns for download at the website. That's it, folks. You've heard it here. It's going to get to the point. Here's my question for you guys. Will it get to the point where you can actually have complete 100% simulated sex sex like actually feel like you're with a person like by wearing like a bodysuit or something and how long will it be mm-hmm. and by the way these uh 
the the remote control vibrator and all this stuff is like a hundred bucks. So we're talking everybody's <laughs> going to be able to have access to this. Yeah, it, it already exists. Yeah, your new story sounds so much more like an ad for like your new company or a sponsor. Right, than it does a new story. <laughs> it's only a hundred dollars you can get it. <laughs> no, it already exists. I mean, you can do virtual reality sex now. Like you can just be uh, like strapped in and or w- whatever, and just I mean, you it, you're having sex at least mentally, you know, and physically, yeah, mentally and physically, it exists. That's it. That, that's, there's no doubt. That's it. That's the future. There's seemingly no end to how well things can be simulated, but you never know. Sometimes you run into really giant gulfs of things that you think are obvious. Like, for instance, you would have thought with the Jetsons, when they had that cartoon, it was obvious we'd have jet propulsion cars and houses yeah, in the sky right. is what they would have obviously thought. It turns out we've had more technological advancement than they could have ever imagined, but it doesn't, it's not what you think. It, it just doesn't go that way. It's one thing people say about simulated sex and, and robots, and there's a million questions about that. And we've covered many of them, but the one of the issues they say is the closer it gets to reality, the more it could creep you out to, let's say, have a robot or something like that. Because you'd feel like you were subjugating a person. Once the robots become so lifelike, you will fe- you may be- feel like, oh, that's too realistic. Like a sex doll that looks like a cartoon, that's easy to do what you want with. But if something felt like a person, not to mention if it acted like a person, you would might maybe all of a sudden get creeped out when it started to get close to being real listen to this so uh adult entertainer charlie hart tested out the product and was impressed by it and she actually even plans to utilize it in her work as a cam model by letting fans perform on her by uploading their own oral sex performances during private shows that they pay for for an additional fee Hart can see other, like, uh, she could see even other options she mentioned uh, for OCAS, which is the program, such as giving people who are unsure of their oral sex skills a Mm -hmm. chance to have them tested by sex experts or be a calling card for those who are good at it. It's it's crazy. It's freaky because, you know, the bionic arm is better than a regular arm. You know what I mean? It's stronger, for instance. I mean, a a vibrating dildo is better than an actual wiener vagina it it can do you know what i mean so at what point they interface with each other well enough i mean the 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 ultimate pattern of oral sex uh you you could perform on a woman you could as soon as you could download that program and then do it to your wife i mean that there may not be going any going back (laughs) oh totally Hey, here, here's here's my question how many of our listeners right now are searching for this to buy not many (laughs) oh yeah, people are, are worried about it. But for I, it. It'll, it'll well, what happen, I'm saying though. is, like, I I just don't think there there will actually will be a problem. For example, you know that pornography isn't good, and that it actually probably hurts men and women and makes them, you know, it's, it's not good for them mentally or physically, emotionally, spiritually, any of that stuff. But you still do it. So, at what why all of a sudden, if there's a robot in your mind, if you go, no matter what, this isn't a real person. And I can do things only I fantasize about. I think that people are going to take that opportunity and do it. Now, That's so interesting, man. Yeah, it really I agree. Is. Now like, I know we like, got to get out of here, but but one thing for sure, nothing will ever compare to me doing the news. Joey, you are awful at it. That's fine. That's I mean fine. that that's fake reality. That that's fake. You know that that's alternative facts that you are even come close to giving truth. Well, at least this news story was very helpful for people. Like, it's edifying, it's helpful. No, it was. was. (laughs) That's true. You've helped a lot of people today. I have to give you credit. A lot of people that are lost, and now they're they're finding, like, vibrating uh, uh, garages. They can put their 
parts in. <laughs> All right, that's the damn news. All right, everybody, All check right. out uh, Emery's crowdfund at emerylp7.com. Yes. Go check it out. Just buy an album. Just do it. Do it. Yeah. Hey, and re- real quick, like, uh, go to the Twitter, and we're at xbadchristianx. That's xbadchristianx. Follow us on Twitter, and uh, hey, t- tell tell all your friends about us, okay? Go to iTunes, review us, because uh, we really do want to take over the world for Jesus, okay? Sounds good to me. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com. Shh.